The Naval Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. We have discussed the explosion in naval design and architecture that occurred both in the U.S. Navy and the navies around the world during the latter half of the 19th and first decade of the 20th centuries. In less than 50 years, the world's navies had transitioned from wooden sailing ships with rows of cannon along the sides to steel-hulled and coal-fired ships with rotating turrets, wireless communications, and electricity. This was a monumental leap forward in the history of navies and their technologies, and it was the scale of this surge in naval development that helped push the world's naval powers into the First World War. Some of the earliest American inventions, like the submarine and the naval mine, also came to fruition on a large scale at this time. Yet, while this revolutionary ship and submarine development was occurring, a much newer technology was poised on the horizon that would upend traditional naval thought and strategy and render obsolete the battleship fleets of the world's navies. This technology was the airplane. Our object today is a replica of one of the earliest naval aircraft, a Wright Brothers Model B. It is on display in Dahlgren Hall at the Naval Academy, and it provides us with a tangible image of just what the earliest aircraft looked like. The Navy's records of aviation development are very thorough and accessible, allowing us a very clear picture of the sheer complexity of the problems that had to be solved in order to make naval aviation possible. Although revolutionary, when the steamship was invented, there were nevertheless processes in place for training sailors and facilities in place for building ships. The entire aviation industry, from manufacturing to training to tactics and strategy, had to be built from the ground up. Integrating aviation into the Navy was an added challenge, and a whole new set of ratings and skill sets were developed, some of which were disbanded as quickly as they were developed, like the aviation carpenter's mates who worked on the early wooden aircraft. Although slightly behind the Army as an institution in the adoption of aircraft, the Navy nevertheless had some visionary thinkers who very early on grasped the value of aviation in the Navy. As early as 1898, naval officers were assigned to investigate the use of the various aircraft designs that were then under development. Aviation visionaries watched closely the developments of the Wright brothers and Glenn Curtis, but the institutional Navy as a whole didn't see much use initially for the new technology. In 1910, Captain Washington Chambers was finally appointed as the officer responsible for coordinating aviation development in the Navy, and he worked with Glenn Curtis, one of the earliest large-scale manufacturers of aircraft, to demonstrate the launch of an aircraft from a ship. Working with a small team and using private funding, Chambers had a wooden platform constructed on the bow of the USS Birmingham, a scout cruiser located in Norfolk, Virginia. 57 feet long, the platform sloped down towards the water at an angle of 5 degrees. On November 14, 1910, Curtis's test pilot, Eugene Eli, rolled down the ramp in his pusher-type aircraft and quite literally dropped off of the cruiser's bow, briefly touching the water and damaging his propeller. However, Eli, who couldn't swim, 
was nevertheless able to bring the craft up and steady and land after a five-minute flight. This marked the first time an aircraft had taken off from a warship. The next day, Lieutenant Theodore Ellison began his flight training to become the first naval aviator. The U.S. Naval Academy became the first home for aviation in the Navy, and the first naval air station was established at Greenbury Point across the Severn River from the Naval Academy in Annapolis. Much of the early aviation training and testing in the Navy was conducted here, and the Naval Academy itself became a destination for aspiring naval aviators. Naval adaptation of aviation was in full swing. In 1912, the first successful tests of launching aircraft with catapults were conducted, and by this time as well, float planes, able to take off and land on the water, had been developed. In 1914, naval aircraft saw their first active service in support of a real mission, with two airplanes being deployed with the Atlantic Fleet to support U.S. operations in Mexico at Veracruz. They were used heavily in reconnaissance and support roles. That same year, the Naval Aviation Unit in Annapolis was transferred to Pensacola, Florida to establish a permanent aeronautic station. They brought with them portable hangars, seven aircraft, and other flying gear. Pensacola remains to this day the main flight training site for the Navy's aviation programs. By the time the U.S. entered World War I on April 6, 1917, there was a relatively robust experimental aviation program underway, but it still had limited organized structure and small numbers. There were only 38 naval aviators and a total of 201 enlisted support personnel. By the time the war ended in November of 1918, these numbers had increased to 1,650 pilots and 37,400 support personnel. World War I was the catalyst that brought aviation to the forefront of naval development. In the next World War, carrier aviation would become the Navy's primary weapon, rendering the battleship obsolete. But it all started right on the banks of the Severn River in Annapolis, Maryland, sometimes just steps from Bancroft Hall, then and today the home of the Brigade of Midshipmen. Now, for a little bit more about these first intrepid aviators and their midshipmen support personnel, we go to Jim Cheevers, senior curator of the Naval Academy Museum, and his 2011 talk about the 100th anniversary of naval aviation and one of the first flights by a naval aviator. Uh, we're here today to celebrate the 100th anniversary of naval aviation. Uh, on September 8th, 1911, 100 years ago, the first manned flight took place here at the United States Naval Academy. Uh, several days previous, boxes were uh, delivered from Dayton, Ohio, containing a Wright Brother B-1 aircraft. Uh, it was assembled inside the new armory here by Lieutenant Rogers and some midshipmen, and on the morning of September 8th, they hauled it out onto Farragut Field, uh, and uh, some midshipmen actually had to tow uh, the plane to help launch it. Uh, Lieutenant Rogers, Naval Aviator Number 2, uh, flew for about 15 minutes, uh, buzzed the uh, navigation department in the upper reaches of what's now the gymnasium, McDonough Hall, and also the parade field before relanding on Farragut. Uh, he refueled and then flew into Washington. He uh, made eight additional flights on that day in this uh, aircraft to which the replica is sitting behind me. 
Uh, this was a very dramatic event, uh, which surprisingly didn't make it into the local newspaper uh, at that time or into the Naval Academy Lucky Bag Yearbook. Uh, but we are very delighted to be able to celebrate it at this time. Rogers was Naval Academy Class of 1903.